listening to the little things in life podcast back once again it's episode 10 double figures 10 Ooh. weeks ago we started this 10 whole weeks ago god who'd have thought we'd be where we are now i haven't actually checked our listeners recently but yeah anyway episode 10 um and we're talking about social media this week this is something that when we first started the podcast i think was something one of the topics that we wanted to do um and here we are here we are, in case you haven't seen our Instagram and all the different questions and polls, that's what we are talking about today. God, you're looking very warm at the moment, all wrapped up in... Um... I'm so cold. Well, I'm literally wearing a t-shirt and you're wearing a woolly hat and a rug, apparently. <laughs> I'm really, really cold. I, I hope I'm not ill. Oh. I've had to close the window and everything. How's your week been besides being incredibly cold? Um, my week's been all right, thank you. Although the weather, and each time I literally talk about the weather because it's just a big thing at the it's minute. It's like the go-to thing to talk about. Yeah, it's been shit here, but yeah, it's just because you've got nothing else to talk about. Yeah, and also the weather sort of reflects your mood. I feel, um, and it's not been great this week. Um, but this week, exciting news. I've been doing my yoga. I can now do a headstand, a yoga these are, headstand. These are impressive headstands, actually. You have to put a video on YouTube, uh, <laughs> on the Instagram of you doing one. We always say this as well. We need to get better at putting things on Instagram. We always say we're going to put something on the Instagram, and we never do. But yeah, I was speechless when I saw you upside down <laughs> doing this thing. Yoga headstand, Tom. It's- very very impressive that, i'm gonna thank you for that 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 means a lot i mean i'm not a pro but who knows one day one day i did try it yesterday and the day before and it wasn't as successful though so maybe it was just a one-off well no it wasn't one-off but i did it many a times but but that's been a good that i've really enjoyed doing that this week good good yeah, yeah. Well, I said last week that I thought the really nice weather was God having sympathy for us whilst in lockdown. He obviously listens to the podcast and I thought, <laughs> God, they're having too much fun down there because this week the weather's been fucking horrible. Um, but you yeah, did some gardening. Did. I dug up some big roots. Um, some big heifer roots. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's about pretty much been the highlight of my week. Lockdown is getting harder and harder each week, but we are still managing. We are still... Yeah managing um i have found it a little bit harder this week but we have to move yeah it was nice having like exams cancelled being able to spend more time with your family and it made like saying goodbye to everyone at uni very easy see i don't know now i'm obviously i'm gutted that we missed like all the balls and the festivals and the gigs and stuff obviously but i'm quite pleased that i don't have all the stress of exams and we didn't have that big build-up to everyone moving out of the house because obviously yeah. we're not going to be all together next year. Just rub salt in the wound, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you could have stayed in Manchester, but you chose not to. No, I'm joking. Anyway. I cry, I cry. Because this is... We never... Ex- well, we didn't expect quite the response we got when we did a little yeah. Instagram story poll. 
regarding various aspects of social media and then we asked people to elaborate on what they were saying we actually got an amazing response i couldn't believe how much people said and how many people message us like because it was such an open question i was worried that people yeah, were, exactly. were just gonna do the poll and leave it but it's really nice to get what people are actually thinking yeah. like opinions and people do have an opinion on the subject yeah because i wanted this podcast to be this episode kind of just to us to have like an honest chat about it normally i write down loads and loads of notes about what i want to say in the episode i thought this week now nah, i'll leave it so we can just have a more like a more of a natural conversation but judging on everyone's responses i was like god we need to actually plan this one yeah, we were, yeah. obviously we were supposed to record it on friday it's now saturday evening because we get some great responses yesterday but without further ado shall we jump in to Let- Let's the filling into... of the bun that is the Little Things in Life podcast. <laughs> well, sh- we'll start first with the polls. The polls. The <laughs> Katie decided for some reason that she can't pronounce the word poll. It's like look... this pronounced like flagpole, isn't it? Polls. P O L L. I know it should be like poll. It looks like it should be poll, but it's poll. Well, let's talk about the polls then. Yes. These oh. were surprising, don't you? Yeah. Think? I'm very, like, intrigued by all these. So the first question on our poll was, is social media really social or antisocial? And I suppose, like, it's not antisocial as in not being sociable. I suppose it's more like being unpleasant, well, bad, like a bad kind of thing. Yeah. Negative association. Yeah. And we had 63% of people say they thought it was social and 37% of people saying they didn't think it was that social. I think, though, if we had more like of an older audience, that might have been a different response, though. Like, obviously, most of the people that listen are, are similar to us age-wise. Um, but I reckon, depending on how old, I think that would have been a lot more for antisocial. Don't know about you? Yeah, probably. Because I think it's, well, it depends on... How, these were all quite open questions. It depends on how you look at it. And it depends, because it depends on the stereotype, like we spoke about last week. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those. But social media itself is social. The antisocial aspect could be, like, you just look at people walking around mm. on their phones. Um, yeah. But I, I think people went on to elaborate on what they were talking about in terms of social and Did you ever see a video that, like, circulated, I don't know, it was, like, years ago on, like, someone on their phone, and it was, like them it showed them on their phone and then it showed a different story of them they weren't on their phone and they bumped into someone and then they eventually married that person oh no well maybe i don't know it, it like Vaguely it went around a few years ago and i remember watching it like oh my god i shouldn't be on my phone <laughs> <laughs> i could have met the one well um, so on to the next one um should something be done to address the spread of fake news 78 percent said yes 22 percent said no this was interesting because the 22 percent of people that said no were all boys and i don't know obviously we should have asked them to elaborate yeah but i suppose this could be like them thinking oh you know nothing can be done um like yeah, putting restrictions on broadcasting news might limit the aspect of free speech that social media allows also um, could have been a mistake could have been a mistake someone one problem... might have just been doing it for the sake of it who knows yeah but... one problem with these polls were they were they're quite open questions and there were only yes or no answers so i think maybe like 
if we had like a moving bar kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, then it gives like an average. I like yeah. agree, strongly agree kind of questions. But anyway, moving on to question three was, is social media a force for good? We had 67% of people say yes. Majority said yes, so two thirds. Yeah. And 33% said no. That was an interesting one, actually. Um, mm. I thought more people, well, I suppose more people our age would probably say it is a force for good. Yeah. But an interesting one. I suppose we'll go, we'll delve into because people yeah, said this more exactly. specifics later on. So we'll talk about more possible reasons why it's not a force for good. Does social media play a big role in your day to day life? 81% saying yes, 19% saying no. What are the 19% doing, I wonder? Yeah, I was, I was surprised by this. I'd say it plays a big role in my life, but 20% of people. I obviously knew it was going to be a high number, but still 20% of people saying that it doesn't play a significant role in their lives. But also it depends on like how like significant it is to someone and how much they probably deep the question. They might have thought, uh, really? They might think, you know, I spend more time with something else other than social media. Yeah, and well, and this is particularly true for the... This theme goes on to the next question, which was, could you live without social media? Um which was 54% said yes, they could live without social media. 46% of people said no. So that was the closest one out of all of our um, mm. questions. This one probably depends on how seriously you take the question. Yeah. I, I would say that I could live without social media, but it would be hard. Like to say you literally cannot live without something, you know, that is a quite a strong statement. Yeah. I mean, in in an ideal world, I would like to live with social media, but like, you know, I could easily live without it. Yeah, I think most people could definitely like, you could live without it, but it would be hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Social media is just taking out like Instagram, Facebook, you know, Facebook Messenger, but you still be able to text people. You still be able to stay relatively con- like connected. I wouldn't class WhatsApp as social media. In this regard, it's not the same social media. Like social media would be defined, I think, in our argument as something that, has a timeline and has like news and like adverts and stuff so it wouldn't it's not going to cut you off completely social mm. media it, so but whatsapp is social media though regardless it is classed social media it's not in our in this definition of what we're talking about today though i don't know if we should oh i see well actually because snapchat's uh, got that like the news sort of story aspect whereas whatsapp is literally just like texting true but um, I was reading about WhatsApp and um, like not just WhatsApp, but like the importance of like targeting the issues of fake news. And it was saying that WhatsApp had been forced to make changes to like the platform itself, showing that messages had been forwarded, that they were like, because that is part of the spreading of fake news. Oh, I see. Yeah. But those, um, those stories would have come from another social media, wouldn't they, though? Well, who knows I, yeah. may, maybe not um but I, I do know what you mean well i did my week this year of no social media at all well i had messenger so yeah but then that's again i don't think that might not really count because... uh, it's just that was just more for keeping in touch with my parents but that was like no instagram no snapchat no mm. actual facebook or twitter like and that and I mean, today I've deleted Snapchat as well. See, I don't get that. I just just don't go on it. If yeah, you but you're you're actually just dis- like come off it. Well, we'll get on to the, we're, we're getting sidetracked. Let's work our way through the polls. Um, 
And then finally... In general, do you trust what you read or see on social media? So 28% saying yes and 72% saying no. Yeah. I suppose that one was to be expected, to be fair. I think it depends on... Because you, obviously you choose the news, like what you follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. So if you choose to follow sites that would be deemed trustworthy, then you probably would say yes. What would you have said for that one? Um, do you trust what you see? No, I don't. Because I think I would say I do trust generally what I see because I follow what should be trusted like news yeah. sources. And obviously I do follow like, opinionated people. I follow people I disagree with. But you need to listen to people with different views and stuff. In terms of like on I think Twitter, for example... All the news outlets I follow on Twitter are ones that I genuinely trust. I obviously follow people that I don't really agree with politically. Yeah. But sometimes like a lot of what they say, you're like, actually, fair enough. You know, I follow, obviously, Piers Morgan normally, although he's come he's come out in quite a good light in the recent he, COVID crisis. He has. Um, you know, but... Uh, also, it. <laughs> yeah. I also follow Julia Hartley Brewer, who's quite an outspoken and, like, controversial... Uh, she's another like radio host um and like because I, I realized quite recently that most of the people i follow on twitter i genuinely agree with so i was like i probably should you know listen to views of people that i don't i wouldn't normally agree with um and uh, she's definitely one of them um like you can, obviously you can trust opinions but you can't trust when it comes to like news and fact yeah it's it's harder to decide what you can trust and what you can't no i agree And yeah, so well, those were the poll questions. Oh. Now, shall we move on? We all asked people to elaborate more, obviously, because these were quite open questions and you could only say yes or no. We asked people to elaborate further. We um, got a really good response. Yeah, I was amazed actually by how like how many people responded and how much they said. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, like we were I was expecting this episode to be more of just like a easy chill discussion about social media yeah judging by everyone's responses we were like god we need to take this really like, yeah we actually have to make notes on planet. this one <laughs> um so should we start with what alice said um, yeah who, let's jump into it she was the person who um, initially suggested this topic we always since we started the podcast like we said we always wanted to do one probably on social media but she was one yeah. who um messaged us saying that we should do an episode but from the perspective of quarantine and isolation and um, Mm -hmm. the role it's playing and she was basically saying that she thought it was very good for sort of like keeping up morale you know funny videos things with like Captain Tom seeing how many birthday cards he got you know generally keeping people cheerful and staying connected in isolation Um, she also was talking about how it was very informative these are some of the main themes that we got from her yeah Um, and like throughout the responses from various people but then she also obviously touched on the fake news aspect with obviously Trump last week telling us we should drink and inject disinfectant to try and <laughs> treat coronavirus. That was something we're going to get on to later on. But the theme of keeping connected was something that came up a lot with yeah. our responses. And I think she makes a really good point. And that, that sort of does, it makes me think of like Instagram and how you are seeing what everyone's doing and like funny things and even like tiktok people doing like funny things with their parents and people's parents are going like tiktok famous you know amy maltloaf's dad uh well amy's sister did a tiktok and her dad got over like 
20,000 views on it yesterday. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, That's mad. Know, How did these videos get so many views? I know. So, like, things like that, like, that really just made me really laugh yesterday. We need um, to get and people like, to plug the podcast on TikTok. I know. <laughs> I've linked the Instagram to my TikTok. Oh, <laughs> Um But, no, seeing, like, Instagram, you know, little competition things you know like the nominating people that's like another thing that i don't know it's just nice to see what other people are doing yeah. i think that's a good point and like that captain tom that wouldn't have happened without social media she made the point alice no yeah definitely yeah she made 10 pounds he raised but yeah that is that is really impressive and that has been that's dominated the recent news as well like so the power of social media really does have a yeah. huge impact on you know quarantine life really and it's just so nice to see something positive and like, it does make you smile yeah that's really uplifting news to see especially like at the minute yeah another interesting thing is what alice was saying briefly touched on it was how it was quite informative looking on like various people on twitter listening to various experts and differing opinions on how governments are dealing with the crisis and comparing how different countries are doing in mm. um Obviously, we, we don't want to dwell too much on coronavirus, but um, on in like dealing with um, various problems that it's produced, um, you know, and that was another sort of good thing. You're not just getting yeah. news from um, like BBC, from watching the telly, from listening to the radio. Twitter does allow you to sort of have a much wider um, yeah. amount You're of information. You're not limited. Yeah, whether not or not you can trust it though or not, that's something we're going to move on to. Yeah. Um, we'll then talk about uh, what Martin said, my uncle. Um, he well, and he links heavily to what Jupp and Alice said. They sort yeah. of all, um, and to an extent, Henry obviously will will go through them all. Um, but this was the idea of how it was really good. The social side of it was really good, especially in lockdown. Yeah. Um, so Martin said it was good for keeping in contact, um, especially um, he said linking into last week's episode as an old person. <laughs> um, it's good for keeping in contact, but. He wasn't too much of a fan of like the cat videos and stuff like that to keep people um, to keep morale up and keep people smiling. Um, but obviously, you know, not everyone's going to agree. But one thing he did say, which Kieran also touched on, was how people can stay anonymous on social media, which allows it to facilitate hate speech, you know, xenophobia, yeah. racism, homophobia, you know, this idea that you can hide your identity say whatever you want in a way that you can't do that without social media and yeah. kieran also said that like he kieran was the only person who talked about cyberbullying. you know being behind a screen is a huge level of security and you're a lot more comfortable saying extreme things when you're behind a screen than you would be otherwise face to face which therefore it does facilitate things like hate speech and xenophobia homophobia which obviously it's not the intentions of what social media was yeah. for, really. Yeah. Jack was saying about staying connected as well, which is basically linking to what Alice and Martin said. Yeah. And he was also talking about that the negative is highlighted more with social media. Yeah. Jack was the only person, though, who mentioned the like body images and the effect that it has on um, people's like self-esteem. Which was yeah, something Jeff, that I thought, really thought about this question. I thought we were going to get... I thought that was going to be a more common thing, but he, I suppose... People are focusing on coronavirus and stuff. But he was the only person who said that things like Instagram, concept of likes, um, followers, does have impacts on people's mental health and their view of their own body image. And that is obviously true. And that is a downside to social media. People who are maybe not as thick-skinned as other people or do have self-esteem issues, social media is going to 
only make that worse to an extent. And and you see it happen. You know, and we've done episodes in the past looking into this further with our um, What Makes Us Beautiful episode and um, the effect that social media has on cosmetic surgery. Yeah, and I wonder if in um, lockdown people are thinking about that even more because people are probably spending more time. I mean, I feel like I'm spending more time on my phone. I wonder if people are thinking about that a lot more. Yeah. Because they've got more time to be focused on that. Um, But I do agree about social media, like, people look at the negatives and not the positives like i feel like i feel like the negatives of social media are highlighted a lot more than the positives like we don't look at what's good about it as much um i mean jet said we take it for granted we take social media for granted yeah that was a really interesting point this idea that before social media scrolling through instagram just became something we do when we're bored and like talking to people online before then used to like knock on people's doors used to ring landlines i remember used to meet all my friends i used to ring the landline no one does that now if someone rings my landline i'm like what are you doing (laughs) you know i only used to have i don't know about you but i used to speak to like beth on the phone but i only had it an hour for free so like i'd spend i'd be like oh it's been an hour i need to call you back oh my god yeah (laughs) so i'd put the phone down and ring her again yeah and this is something that him and henry also um, and my dad spoke about this idea that people are always on their phones. We talked a little bit about this in our last episode. Mm. Um, personally, for me, I am I do spend a lot of time on my phone, but I only go on my phone if there's literally nothing better to do. Most of my time, I think I spend on my phone would be looking at like YouTube videos, which are normally generally like informative stuff or like music videos stuff like that, interviews. But I would much rather be outside playing football, yeah. talking to someone face to face being in a pub, having a kick about, you know, then playing video games, sitting on my phone, talking to people, Skyping people. Like, I think I'm not alone in saying No, that. I'd say that's the majority. Like, I would not want to just be sitting in my room talking to my friends over video call and mm. not go out with them. Yeah, this like, idea that people are just would just sit on their phone and talk to people and they're content with doing that all the time, yeah. I think it's just not true. I wonder, like, when, when lockdown is finished, I wonder, like... You know, obviously how people spend a lot of time on their phones at home and yeah. like like PS4 or whatever. I wonder like how much people are going to be out after this. I think, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's an interesting point. Are people going to be too scared to go into like public places, restaurants, or are they just going to implode and just go for it? I think a lot, a lot of younger people will just go for it. But I think there's going to be like a crossover period where people are going to be a bit sceptical, like, oh... Like, should we be going out? But then it's going to be the point of, like, probably, well, they're going out, why can't I? Yeah. Um, I think that's what I'd be like. Yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely going to be the case. I think it's going to be more of people just completely fed up, they're just going to go for it, as yeah, opposed exactly. to everyone being sort of paranoid and maintaining, even after, like, when social distancing eventually gets relaxed, you know, after lockdown, you know, there won't be the paranoia that's um, that could be there now. Mm. Um, so then Henry, Henry was talking about social media as a positive thing, like keeping in touch with people. And he was saying about the social media age being the norm. Yes. I mean, it's the norm for us. I like that from Henry. Yeah, we I are know. sort of the first generation that have seen the transition as well. This is quite, we seem quite lucky. Because we, like, we are lucky that we've lived, like, with the landline type of thing. Yeah. We've had that, but then now we're moving into, obviously... It's completely different, like, but 
I wonder what it will. I know we spoke mentioned this briefly, but like, what's it gonna be like yeah. for a child growing up? Like, what will their first phone be like? An iPhone? I, I think it probably will. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because this was something we talk about. We spoke about last week. Actually, we don't get sidetracked too much. But we said, what yeah. would be the right age to give people smartphones? And I got my first phone in year five, which was when I started like walking to school by myself. So I was by myself. Um, so obviously it's security it would be good to have a mobile phone but i didn't get my first smartphone till a few years later and even then i didn't have any sort of social media but i first got social media in order to keep in touch with a couple of mates i'd made on a holiday once um oh. like i got it because i needed it whereas yeah. obviously now people just get it for the sake of it um, exactly. but yeah it's weird to think back in those days where you know you arranged a time and yeah. then you stuck to it, and then you I actually know. met them at that time. Whereas now it's like, oh, actually, can we put it back like twenty minutes an hour? Oh, like, I'm running a bit late. Like that's such a weird. Back thought. in the day, you used to arrange a time on a mobile phone, and then or not on a mobile phone on a landline, and then you'd stick yeah. to it. You wouldn't be like no texting like I'm outside now. Like you just you'd go, you turn up. Oh, it's that's amazing that, how much has changed, and you did it really... days and days in advance at times as well. Like. That's really nostalgic. The spont- it's made things a bit more spontaneous. But yeah, I, I, that's going to be a tough thing for parents to decide yeah. when to give children smartphones. I think, well, obviously there are age limits, aren't there? Is it 13, 14? For, for Facebook, I think it's 13. Yeah, so obviously I would try and keep to that. Um, I think that was the age I got it. Oh, I might have got it a few years before that. But it was t- I wouldn't have been able to keep in contact with these mates that I'd made and like I still talk to a couple of them now so it was yeah. it was you know I needed to um, mm-hmm. but another thing that Henry Henry was also talking about this idea of news and we're going to start talking a bit more about the fake news aspect now um, yeah. he actually had a differing opinion to my dad um, Henry was saying that social media is good at spreading vital news as opposed to people going out and buying newspapers and saying it's obviously good for the environment it's also making yeah. news a lot more accessible my dad had a differing view my dad obviously doesn't, Ooh, doesn't use social controversial. media. Controversial. And he said the fact that news has become essentially free has actually had a negative impact on its quality because people aren't going out to buy newspapers anymore. News outlets aren't getting as much money. So yeah. the way that news is reported because of social media is changing and it's changing like for the worse, which I think both, I think both people, both opinions are right. There mm. is a fine balance between having news to be accessible and free as opposed to making sure the journalism is good, you know, it's yeah. I, I don't I I'm not I don't know where that line would be. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to like fake news, I was thinking about like what what things have circulated in the past, and like when I was younger, like Lady Gaga being a man, that yeah. was something that. But obviously, I don't know if that where that came from. But I doubt it was like a newspaper. Yeah, but who well, knows? This this idea of fake news, well, has has been around for ages though. It's not social media has just made the problem worse. Social media hasn't created the problem. Like we had in two thousand six, two thousand seven, when Gordon Brown was prime minister, he had. Um, I recently listened to a podcast with Gordon Brown, in, and he was saying that so this was before the social media age. The Daily Mail reported that. He fell asleep during a remembrance um, service um, and that he didn't bow at the cenotaph during a remembrance service. And he was just like, that's just blatantly wasn't true. And yeah. so these are, this is the prime minister having to fight a newspaper. The Daily Mail is Britain's most popular paper. I think it has been forever. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and now you've also got Meghan Markle now trying to take on these big yeah. newspapers. And, you know, it's these are very high profile people who are calling out fake news. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, this before the social media age. So this problem has been around for ages. Social media has been the catalyst for it. Like it's been around, but like it's just so much easier for fake news mm. to be made. I mean, even when I searched fake news, I was saying yesterday, when I searched fake news, on the internet what came up was fake news generator and all these different ways to actually make fake news like why is that a thing <laughs> why is that because a thing i don't yeah i don't know well i think it's stem paul dacre used to be the editor of the daily mail he's not anymore but his legacy was that he realized that headlines that make people angry threatened or upset sell an awful lot of papers and mm. that is sort of i think that decision has caused this idea of fake news to grow, sort of exaggeration to the point of where things are just becoming blatant lies. We also had Gordon Brown talk about he apparently misspelled people's names in um, letters to families of killed British soldiers in the Iraq war. And these, again, were just not true. And Gordon Brown was saying no, it was so frustrating to be prime yeah. minister and your main enemy is your own press. He said, you know, everyone has common goals. You want to do good, but you're constantly fighting to prove the press wrong in just these lies that they've produced and this was yeah. before social media yeah you know, so it's not it has made the situation worse but i don't think social media is responsible for this reason mm. i mean i i was um looking about like different things that has been on social media like fake news and it was things on facebook like you're exempt from council tax if you claim your home is a place of worship and like the house of commons had to address that oh my god like that was off Facebook. And then the Pope endorsing Trump as a presidential candidate, he had to address that. And he said fake news was a sickness. Mm. Like, things like that. Like, the Pope has had to address fake news. Yeah, well, there's the flip so side the of it. Commons. The flip side of it is how Trump sort of, like, uses it to his benefit, really. I, he, yeah. The New York Times did a huge... This is an example my dad gave me. The New York Times did a huge investigation into his tax affairs. Obviously, New York Times are very respected should be reliable news outlet in america um uh, trump just comes out and says this article's fake news and everyone agrees with him so mm -hmm. it's you've got news that's genuinely true being called fake and then you've got genuinely fake news which has you have to you know try and prove that it's not true it is <laughs> it's a mess it's a mess it's a vicious circle yeah you know and trump summed it up when he said i could shoot someone on fifth avenue and still be elected president he literally could he literally could this is like the brainwashing that this problem has has produced. You know, you've got people believing lies, people telling the truth and it just being called out as a lie, and then people just not caring about the truth. Yeah, some people just don't care, but some people are just stupid in things that they read and like that. You know, they don't look into it at all. Yeah. You know, like they just take what they read as right. Like there's no two ways about it. Yeah, more should be done to regulate i think news i agree and there was one on facebook that um i'm not sure when it was but it was like went round that like, if you dial 55 the police will come to you like right away and that was shared like thousands and thousands of times on facebook mm. and imagine you were actually in a situation where you thought oh and that wasn't true yeah that wasn't true and like oh, that had yeah. to be addressed by the police and like imagine you're in a situation where you you dial you thought, right, I'll dial 55, and then obviously it didn't work. Yeah, well, I, th I think you need to be sceptic of where you're getting this news from. If, like, yes, yeah. 
I think I am quite skeptical anyway. If something's too good to be true, it probably is, you know. Um, mm. But I like obviously I follow opinionated people, but I only follow reliable news sources. It's yeah, well, reliable. But you know things like the BBC is obviously good. LBC I think is quite good because that's got people. What's that again? LBC is like a radio, a, like twenty four hour talk radio news show, and it, all the presenters are very, very have very, very different opinions. But the news itself is relatively unbiased. But the presenters yeah. talk about the news, yeah. um, and their social media is quite good. Um, though even actually, to be fair, even sometimes I read some of their headlines and I'm like, what? Yeah. Really? One of the headlines was, should Boris Johnson apologise for his comments about single mums saying that their children were illegitimate? I was like, yeah, he probably should. Like, I don't think that's even should be a question. But I think that could also stem back to this idea of headlines are normally a lot more exaggerated than the article. Yeah, exactly. Themselves. They're just wanting readers. Like yeah. that's you've got to remember like things like this. I think Rebecca 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 made the point that Twitter is now becoming like new. Well, it, it is. You know, even like Snapchat. Yeah. Like you know, it used to just be where um you just see people's tweets and whatever, but now you're actually seeing news about different things. Like that's becoming like almost like a news outlet. Yeah, well, she, she we'll, we'll, we'll move on to what Rebecca said, actually. She had common themes with um, what my dad was talking about in terms of the algorithms. My dad was arguing that everything's sort of forced on you in the in the form of timelines and stuff on social media. I was about to say, should we say what a Facebook algorithm is? Because I didn't know what it was. Oh, so it's, yeah. like showing, it's like showing how Facebook decides which posts users see, that type of thing. Because yeah. I didn't know before... Rebecca said about it yeah so dad my dad was saying that you know you, you don't research things anymore you don't actively go and seek things things are forced on you in the form of timelines and stuff and you know it's this idea of trying to beat the algorithm and not having all this information constantly thrown in your face actually filtering stuff out only seeing what you've physically told the social media site that you want to see whereas we've got there are loads and loads of algorithms that send you targeted ads and um, Rebecca's argument was these algorithms are designed for the purpose of social media not the purpose of news stories and more should be addressed to change these algorithms so they're more suited to spreading news as opposed to spreading like posts, videos things that you might like that are not related to news Yeah, um, which I do agree with because obviously this was something that in recent times has been used as like a political tool during the Brexit campaign, obviously there was the big scandals around Cambridge Analytica and Aggregate IQ. Um, Aggregate IQ, Vote Leave, gave them £7 million to um, harvest people's data and send them specific tailored adverts that had a pro-Leave agenda, depending on how they had interacted in previous posts in the past. So if someone was prone to reading or interacting with articles relating to immigration, then they'd send them immigration-based posts but they would also be in like terms of varying severity so people who were incredibly worried about immigration may be seen as more racist would be sent um, articles saying you know the population of turkey is so many million they're about to join the eu with freedom of movement all these people can come to the uk which is obviously exaggeration mm. but and that, but that varied for people who were worried about immigration but not to that extent they'd get adverts which would be like boris johnson saying I'm pro-immigration, but I'm also very pro-controlled immigration. Um, mm. And also people who are prone to interacting with 
NHS-related articles, it would say, it would talk about the £350 million for the NHS. So these were very, very specific tailored adverts, and they targeted 7 million people, spent £7 million on doing so. And, you know, the gap between leavers and remainers in the actual referendum was a million people which is considerably smaller than the amount of people who've been sent these tailored adverts and it's evidence it was used in the um, trump campaign as well so obviously there's not really much illegal going on here is it not just really clever marketing yeah but it's also it's 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 the fact that these these are third party companies using your data that is the bit that people are worried about and obviously Vote Leave got, uh, I don't know if it's Vote Leave or Leave.eu, but the Leave campaign, they only got into trouble because they overspent their budget. Their budget was supposed to be 7 million. They spent that 7 million on, um, just. on just using these data harvesting companies. As a result, they got fined. They broke electoral law, but only with regards to budget, not with regards to the data harvesting. But this could be, you know, I think all future general elections, um, you know, presidential elections, referendums are going to be subject to sort of things like this so i think you know you need to stay skeptic i think it's probably yeah Yeah. be aware that you're seeing things for a reason based on your data but i do think data needs to be protected more there needs to be more stringent laws on how facebook twitter you know instagram use your data and send you targeted yeah we have we have no idea really what is done with our data no it's great it's great to have targeted like to see adverts for things that you might genuinely be interested in like i've bought clothes off sites that and like i've bought things off websites that i've seen through suggested ads Mm. but i don't want i don't think anyone would want a political party using it to promote a certain agenda no i mean i've been looking at getting a new phone and then i've been on different websites and all i'm seeing down the side of my screen is like different like the phone that i want and i'm like oh I really want to get it. So it's yeah. really like messing with me in my head. Yeah. And so Holly also said, yes. she said that there should be more regulation on news outlets. Even before social media, I think there should be more regulation on news outlets. Not so we become a fascist state, like the way that communism and fascism, you know, the Nazis control the media, but in a way that there are serious, <laughs> well, there are serious, serious consequences to publishing fake news. But then obviously political parties do the same. Talking of Nazis, um, Germany um, this October are they are um, making well they've made a law starting from October that um, social networks need to delete hate speech and fake news within 24 hours. Um, otherwise, um, they'll face millions um, in fines. Oh, so that's starting from this uh, from October this year. Oh yeah, because that also links into a bit of what Kezi was saying as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. She was saying how there is a review policy um, relating to um, politics and news on social media and posts are removed, but it's obviously very, very hard to enforce. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't really benefit the site. You know, you're probably getting a lot of, as as Facebook, you're probably going to get a lot of traffic and a lot of people using these things which is going to make your social media site more, well, it's going to benefit your social media site. What I was thinking is, have you ever, like, you know, if you do go on, like, um, news online and then if you scroll down and there's, to us, it might seem really clear that it is fake news articles. Do you know what I mean? Like, at the bottom, like, it's just completely irrelevant and wrong. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a rugby page. I think it's Rugby Rampage 
which always is just a website devoted to posting lies. And it took me a very long time to realise this. <laughs> and I was just like reading these stories being like, what? And they're supposed to be jokes. But I was like, what? I'm, I was like sort of, these, these could be, but- this could be, like people could be taking these for safe value. Obviously when it's just like, not very significant stories about rugby it doesn't really matter but yeah. you know there are jokey websites um there is a there's a, is it news thump or something which is one as well which posts jokey stories about um like american politics and stuff i mean i'm not sure like what websites it's on but like you scroll to the bottom and then like they'll have other bits of news from their website and then at the bottom there's then links to it looks like it's supposedly part of that yeah. website but it's not and then it's like do you know what i mean like yeah. that type of thing it's like, a bit like it's a bit like private eye in how like that's full of jokey news articles but everyone knows everyone knows that it is a jokey paper but obviously with social media it's not quite as clear we yeah we might know and recognize it but then i'm like what if like some people who aren't as you know maybe older people they might not realize yeah. which is like this i think that's the importance with like news from people who are verified because there are so many parody accounts of politicians some are genuinely hilarious and you know immediately they're a joke there's a brilliant like mark francois one and ken clark one but there's also loads and loads of trump ones with millions of followers and you're like no, he didn't. Obviously, with Trump, it's quite hard to tell whether he, whether the parody account tweeted or whether he actually tweeted it. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's things like that. Obviously, it's a joke, but there is a fine line. People do might take this seriously. So I think, you know, then it falls to like educating people to stay skeptical and not believe everything they see and not believe everything at face value. Normally, the article is completely different to the headline in a way. And I've like I've discovered that recently reading a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, shall we move on to Tom's though? Yes. Again, it's um this one's related to media outlets and targeting specific groups. Yeah. Um. So again, with like fake news. This idea of during terrorist like after a terrorist attack, branding them Muslims, you know, um, mm. <clears throat> as opposed to terrorists, and then obviously that has, um obviously detrimental um consequences for the islamic community yeah. it's also just like you know it's demonizing whole like whole parts of society and it and it alters people's opinions like makes you wrong well, it doesn't force these things down your throat but like it does change what people think yeah um i've got my example from um in germany with the refugees, obviously in 2015, the Syrian refugees oh, and yeah. the refugee crisis and everything. Um, and then there was a refugee who um, took a selfie with Angela Merkel. And then that photo that he took then got um, twisted and used in fake news. And he was then, his name was sort of involved in uh, links to different attacks in Brussels and then the Christmas market terrorist attack in berlin and like he had nothing to do with it like at all and he just saw his face in these online um so he's like tried to um take it to court but he has lost his battle so hopefully when these new laws come in he's gonna try and um but like even this was basically this article was talking about him and it was talking about a far right wing uh party member in Germany it's all it's called alternative for Germany the the group 
And this man was sort of saying about it was showing him putting up posters, anti-immigration posters, um, and he was doing them at like at midnight and stuff like that. So they wouldn't get harassed because obviously if, if people are seeing anti-immigration posters being put up, why would they be happy to see that? Um, but online he's talking about um, so that, you know, he's being told he needs to remove these posts or he's been told he needs to remove comments like there's a comment that someone put of turn up the gas and take a deep breath close your eyes and die a wretched death and that was about um like refugees like that type of thing is being posted on that um social media and he's saying Mm, that that is um, is hate speech that is hate speech he exactly And, and he's saying that if you bring in the law that is being introduced, you're going to stop people from giving their opinions and they're going to be scared. But, like, you cannot be saying things like that. No. And I don't know what's going through this man's head. No, and you can easily find that stuff on Twitter. You can find people with very, very... With, it is hate speech yeah. on, you know... Twitter is great to to widen your exposure to, like, lots of different types of news and lots of varying opinions yeah. from all over the country or all over the world. Um, but it's also, you know, you do get people saying some very, very controversial stuff on there and like genuinely hate yeah. speech. And I think there's, you know, it's quite easy to tell apart a controversial opinion with genuine hate speech. And hate speech, yeah. need, there is, there needs to be way, way, way more consequences for putting hate speech, you know, whether it's individuals or actual like news sites, there needs to be much stronger consequences for spreading stuff like that because it is just damaging. I agree. I was just saying, and I think like implementing fines of millions, like so people have to like these posts have to be removed. Like I know for big big companies that might not seem like seem like a lot, but if it's happening all the time, like mm. they've got to be removing these comments. It's hard though. Social media sites do need to become better at taking things down, but yeah, they do. But as again, if your post gets taken down, your account gets deleted, you just start a new one. Yeah. There needs to be criminal yeah. prosecutions. So where people for hate spreading mm. hate speech people actually go to prison. It's hard though cuz obviously like using Facebook now a lot of these things are just using like um like it used to be people that control it. Now it's technology or robots, I don't know. Yeah, well cuz it's this idea that the people who make these algorithms, you know, they were designed so you see things that are relevant and that you want to see, but they learn themselves, they teach themselves from when they're initially coded i suppose they are they then it's machine learning so at this point in time even the people who designed these algorithms don't really know how they're working now which obviously you know Mm. it's not too sinister but it is quite mad it's not really ideal (laughs) but yeah but you know it starts with things like the daily mail you know this is britain's most popular paper um and it does have a political agenda and it does persecute groups um, obviously, the example that Tom gave was after terrorist attacks, persecuting the Muslim community by yeah. calling them Muslims, not terrorists. You saw with how they, in the past, they've done the same with like single mums, um, benefit users, and immigrants, like to pursue a political agenda. And you know, but we all we all have common goals. You know, it's just it is it's bizarre. I don't know because it's like I'm not really sure what you're gaining from that. You know, a hatred of a certain section no, of society. No. But I suppose I no it, it probably stems back to if you make people angry, you're going to sell more papers. But even recently, actually, we spoke about this earlier. James Cracknell on um, Twitter. Yeah. A, he's an Olympic rower. There's a picture of him with his granddad, um, which he put on his Twitter 
or Instagram, which then was photoshopped to dad. the point where, um, yeah, with his dad, sorry, uh, which was photoshopped. So they were sat next to each other as opposed to sat the two metres apart. And then the Daily Mail writes an article about how he's not social distancing. How, like, how do they get away with that? And what's the point in them doing I it? Well, the thing, this, Obviously, they've not got away. This stems back it. to this idea. These are very high profile people. You know, you've got Gordon Brown, Meghan Merkel. You know, these aren't the only ones, you know, Lily Allen's another one. Um, James Cracknell that are being subject to this this fake news being spread by Britain's most popular paper and like yeah you know, to be fair you know you saw recently Keir Starmer's now actually writing articles in for the Daily Mail which I actually think is a good thing because you know just complaining about it isn't doing anything you know these are these news outlets are so so powerful now and they people are. just believe everything they read of them and you know I'm, obviously we're only mentioning the Daily Mail but there are lots of other ones um, which are just as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously this is this isn't really that much to do with social media you take away social media and this problem is still here this has turned into more of an episode on fake news as opposed to social media but the thing is though news outlets now they're online like they are using social media to get things out there yeah they have their websites online like it's not just what what you're going to buy from the corner shop or whatever yeah but it doesn't matter if you were buying papers or not these fake stories were still being published whether or not you're paying physical money for a physical paper yeah or you're just reading it free online though most news outlets uh, if you go on their website it says to read the rest of this article you have to pay yeah you can understand why because you know people have stopped paying money to um read newspapers because it's all online now yeah but uh, yeah and then we had some co- people saying some rather controversial things about trump um yes <laughs> Uh, Josie saying that um, she said assassination of President Trump. <laughs> President Trump should be assassinated to stop the spread of fake news. Yeah, I think that's probably that's... Uh, my mum shares that point of view as well. <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to solve anything. She really does. But yeah, so I think our our conclusion is you need to stay skeptic. You need yeah. to be quite thick skinned. You. Yeah, um, just don't re- don't believe everything you read. Um, but and there needs to be a lot harsher consequences for people who spread hate speech and spread fake news. But things 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 are being done, like in terms of like things spreading. WhatsApp changed their uh, ways, and even I don't know if you've noticed that with Facebook Messenger as well. That now shows that messages have been forwarded. Um, so it's good that stuff's being done, and obviously Germany are doing things about it. I suppose in a way, politicians benefit an awful lot from lying so it might not be in their interest to have these very harsh consequences for people who lie you know you saw that with the 350 million pounds from the eu um you saw that with nick clegg and the coalition about with regards to reducing tuition fees and then doing the opposite you know yeah um and then you also see it with um donald trump and um i think even the british cabinet banning certain newspapers from coming to press conferences and things like that which you know it's just that shouldn't be allowed too so there's lots of it's a it's a mess it's a maze yeah it is but also there's lots of bad as well like in you know with that type of thing like i'm trying to think now i can't really think off the top of my head you know it's not all good for politicians and things obviously no yeah no definitely but it does benefit them in certain situations educating people so that if something's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, um, yeah. And stick into trusted, have like a, I don't know, a way of 
emphasising trusting news sources as opposed to ones that are either a joke or just blatantly fake pursuing a certain political agenda or yeah. pursuing hate speech, which I suppose, you know, wasn't the intention of social media, but has become the reality. But social media, though, it is good. You can express yourself. You do see a lot of positive things on there. Yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't get rid of it. I think, you know, it's genuinely is a force for good. You know, I think and probably Twitter's probably the worst offender for the bad sides of social media, I reckon, um, mm. with regards to, like, fake news and stuff. Yeah, I don't know, the aspect, like, the damaging effect it can have on people's mental health with regards to, like, self-esteem and stuff. I don't know. I don't know how that can be addressed. Well, Instagram does it where you can't physically see the number of likes sometimes. Yeah, um, sometimes. I don't fully understand that, but no, yeah, that's... I don't, I, you know, I think you've just got to be sceptical and thick-skinned is the quickest solution to the problem, but yeah. it's, it's easier yeah. said than done. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the minute, social media has been like a godsend for everyone in isolation who uses it. Jut made the point that we wouldn't be able to do this podcast as easily because we really wouldn't. No, definitely not. Oh, yeah, and the idea of being able to spread things very quickly. I think the information, the even though the information was quite confusing, we got from our own government. In general, the fact that everyone's really got the message now of yeah. you know lockdown, social distancing, you know that's without social media that would have been a, certainly would have been a, an awful lot harder than it has been. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I think that's the end of another episode. I think um, so. Tom, can I get you to do a tongue twister? What? Yeah. <laughs> can Go I get on. you? You know the word toy boat? Yeah. Say that five times really fast. Go. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. No. Toy boat. <laughs> I knew you did. No, you're not doing it fast. You're trying to pronounce it really well. Just do it fast and don't think about it. Toy boat to the... Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's hard. <laughs> Okay. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. <laughs> oh. Just embarrass me on my podcast. Um, next week we're doing Room 101. We really um, are. So something, something different to um, this week, taking a break from the serious and deep topics and the, yeah. the, the depressing topics. And we're just going to moan about things, I think. But I need to actually watch and work out how it works. Yeah, um, you do. It's really simple. But You're yes. very opinionated, Tom. You'll be fine. <laughs> Um, but yes thank you very much for listening once again thank you uh, to everyone who asked the poll and sent in you know their views and elaborated on their views yeah we really really appreciate that maybe we'll do another one like in a few weeks or something with um, getting people involved again I think that worked well yeah yeah well you've been listening to the Little Things in Life podcast I've been Tom I've been Katie stay safe and have a good week. Have yourself. See you next week. Bye. Again, I always hung up with you. <laughs>